Hey, how's it going, guys? Welcome back to another beautiful episode of the Highly Taken Podcast, episode eight on a Thursday. Um, a little different today, I know. You know, one day early. Who would have known? I'm always, always coming early. Um, we got Christian and Nick here. I'm not going to let them introduce themselves. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, man, that's all right. Yep, I'm over I'm here in Jacksonville Beach. Let's get it. Christian Smith, Wilmington, Delaware. Back at you. Anyway, so we're going to start off. We didn't want to do uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Um, little botchery here. Little wing debacle here. Um, we were, they were supposed to eat some very, very spicy wings today. Uh, but one of their wings got clipped today. And then other wings are going to have to get eaten after the podcast. But that's fine because we're just going to do what we do. Well, what they do. And I'm going to read off some funny, silly little things that are happening today in the sports world. They're going to chug a drink. And see if they can finish before I finish. Yeah, you know, I uh really wasn't looking forward to the wings. It might be a blessing in disguise. Uh, your bowels will another, thank you. With it, yeah, <laughs> would give it another week to prepare me to actually yeah. enjoy it. But the worst part is, is I have to eat these wings uh, eventually. <laughs> but I, I don't know, I don't know when I'm going to eat them. But I'm going to have to eat them. So uh, yeah, our our that that Smith side has cursed us with terrible bowels. It's unfortunate. <laughs> Very, very true. Um, so I guess, you know, thank you, Christian, for pulling it off for one one more <laughs> week. But at the same time, I wasn't looking forward to this. Either. I wasn't prepared, but down some down some tums beforehand next time. We're let's get right into it, man. All right. So today in Gone in 60 Seconds, we will take it to a really good sport and as one of a kind, putting the pedal to the metal and the tire to the road. A sport where gridiron beats the circus. That's right, unicycle football. This is just like American football, but you guessed it, you're going to use a unicycle. Of course, the person who made this game was from Texas. Marcus Garland made this game, and this game can be played about anywhere. Parking lots, indoor facilities, any open space, as long as the surface is unicycle allowable. Yes, you are required to wear a helmet, and this game can be played in different fashions. You can do flag format, or you can do tackle format, which I really can't imagine how getting tackled off of a unicycle is. That's kind of interesting to me. But I imagine it's scarier than Ray Lewis coming at you on the field, or I guess off the field too. Um, shockingly, that has, uh, has a pretty dedicated league as well. Uh, the UFL, the Unicycle Football League, has a full nine teams and actually plays 50 game, 56 game seasons, if you're interested in that. Oh. I'm trying to recover. You truly are. Oh. That was... Dude, I just ate a whole bacon-wrapped steak before I came and did this. Mm. You know you should have had some wings. Yeah. <laughs> that would have... Um... But yeah, so it's it's just football, but on unicycles. I found that very interesting. I don't know. I, I can't use a unicycle. And uh, you can barely call what I did during high school playing football. But I feel like it'd be very, very interesting. Uh, so let me, let me ask you, is it two-hand touch? How do we? How do we no, so, no, so there's different versions. It's flag, but there's also a tackle. You can play tackle. Bro, I'm, again, you, I'm you dive, dive. Don't, that, that's what I'm cycle? saying. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, but I feel like any person who's crazy enough to try to tackle you off a unicycle Yo. is scary to me. That's why I, I said would, I would be there in a heartbeat. heartbeat. What, what was that, Christian? 
this something we should sit down and watch you guys maybe, think? Maybe we can try to find it. Hey. Like I said, they have 56 games in a season. They have nine teams. So I'm, I'm assuming six games. There's I'm assuming there's no way they're playing all 56 games. And they could though. They could. It just says 56 game season. So that could mean like each team plays. Listen, like, I want to, I want to throw this out here. It makes, it makes the NFL look like six. a bunch of bitches. Yeah, that's six games, yeah. If they're playing tackle on unicycles and they're playing 56 games in a season, what's that mean about these NFL players going out there? I mean, I get it. They get hit, but, dude, you're on a unicycle. You, do you the think back. they call bye weeks uni weeks instead? <laughs> oh, thank God. you. Thank you. Yeah, there yeah. it is. There it is. So before we get into our segment, I want to go over this. There's been – some news circling. Um, I want to start with Buda Baker with Arizona. We already said earlier this week, Arizona's an absolute joke right now mm-hmm. going in. Still going to finish better than the Rams. So would I, well, listen, I can't, wait to get my, you. I can't wait to get my free ticket up there uh, from you. But Buda Baker requested a trade, right? We all know it. What I've been hearing on this, is that the Eagles are very interested and there's more than one reason. So what I've heard is they are possibly going to give them a fifth round in 2024 draft and a third round in 2025 draft. Now, I also heard questions of trading Quez Watkins over to them and giving them Watkins, which good riddance. I, I'm fine with getting rid of him. That's fine. No big deal. Um, very harsh. But the reason why one of the reasons why that they're they're kind of forced to kind of look at this trade is because what the Cardinals did in tampering violations leaves it to where they could be forced to actually trade with the Eagles. So we're sitting there pretty, and that's one of the positions that we're lacking, right? In safety. Oh, I thought I thought that was what the trade in the draft was for. Yeah, but I said we got we already had it happen in the draft. We were we, we got compensated the like draft a- pick, but. Because of this, it could possibly happen. I saw it today. It was an article that was just posted just a few hours ago. By whom? Yeah, I need a source. The sources trust me, bro. Yeah. But no. Yeah. I I mean, if that's true, I can see it. I wouldn't be too upset about it because, like, we got Zacchaeus, right? And he was – he's a very young wide receiver we got from Atlanta. He looked pretty good in Atlanta. Um, So I can see if you want to get rid of Quez, it's just that's a lot of speed that you're missing out on too. Um, it's just the hands was the issue. Now I feel like it's something you can teach more, I guess, if he's having those dropping issues, but I guess if you're really wanting to say it this way, we have a good wide receiver depth right now. And if we want to trade for Buddha, we need to fill that safety spot. Then I don't see why not yeah. try and do it. I just like, don't think we should give him Quez quite yet, but if that's part of the picture, then I would be okay with it. I mean, the the issue is, is I, I have a bad taste in my mouth with Watkins, man. I mean, he cost us at least two games. Did you not year. eat pineapple before? <laughs> it's a, that, that's true. That, I mean, if it's not if it's not ripe, uh, yeah, no, absolutely not. But I I don't know. And then I wanted to go over, you know, if if we did trade Watkins, you know, we could potentially end up going for D Hop. You can't get both. You can't get both. It's not going to happen. It's very possible. No, it's, it's very possible. possible. Look, yeah. I will. I will say that if there's any person that can make it happen, we all know how yeah. the guys that's going to be able to yeah. make it happen. He does some crazy stuff. But so uh, Hopkins came out today and said he's looking for an Odell Beckham kind of contract, like a one-year, fifteen to eighteen million dollar range. I want to say we have about 
12 to 14 to spend in cap right now. Yeah, we don't have that much. Right. Well, we have a we have a decent chunk, but it's not a crazy amount. I think if you were to give him the right pitch, you could bring him into Philly with that money. But what's the bigger glaring need? And I think right now I look at it and I'd say I'd much rather have Buda Baker than I'd rather have Yeah, DeAndre he's a two he's a two-time pro bowler. Right. Of course. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know what's going to happen. I told we were talking we were, all of us were texting earlier and I had said to David that I believe if Philly was to go get Buda Baker, because I've been hearing so much about it for a couple months now, it would have happened draft night. So my hopes for Buda coming to Philly is not that high because I believe it would have happened on draft night. But at the same time, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Again, like we said, Howie Roseman, if anyone can pull it off, it's it's Howie. And See, I would but the thing is, is, but we didn't we didn't actually release what we're looking for. And it was released today of what we offered them. And we're the only teams that have offered anything so far from what's been put on the table and it's only a fifth round and third round if we can get buddha baker for a fifth and third round and like david said earlier we're looking i mean we have the picks so why not just go for it i mean you but, just gotta remember he's a lone player more than likely but then that's going to get me into d hop and what he released as his i want to call it his christmas christmas wish list of yeah. quarterbacks he wants to play for his top five quarterback. And this is in order. It's and just literally five, anybody but Kyler. <laughs> right? Exactly. At number five is Justin Herbert. Now, you get him to add to their wide receiving core. That's stacked. God, that's stacked. But I don't think they have anywhere close to the money. I don't, but that, this is his wish list. This is what we're, we're looking at. Lamar Jackson at number four. I don't know why he wants to go to Lamar Jackson. I mean, he can't throw. Yeah, they have receivers there now, but I just don't know. Why was he Lamar Jackson? You got remember, dude. You also you also got remember that Lamar Jackson. I feel like he's a very popular player within the league. So a lot of players, you know, a lot of players do regard him as a top quarterback. Big unlike trust. us, you know what I big mean? Trust. So, big trust, big trust. So yeah, I could understand why if he wanted to go there, but yeah. it's, it wouldn't be a good fit. At number three, Patty Mahomes. Number three. Yeah, who wouldn't though? That's the big but thing. That's who number wouldn't? three. Jason Kelsey came out and said he thinks that's the best fit for D Hop. And the worst part, like here, and I, if they get him, God help anyone. I mean, they have. I feel like they have the space they to do it, it too. They have it, and if he goes there, oh my God, it's not. They're looking at. They're looking, looking at, at a Super Bowls for the next three years, dude. It's just not. It's not going to be fair. Number two, Jalen Hurts. I mean, can you imagine Devontae Smith, AJ Brown? And D Hop, no, I just don't. I don't know who's gonna like. D Hop, D Hop would be on the sideline. He wouldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't you're gonna have to guy. move Devonte Smith to the middle, and I don't like that. No, no, no. I think D Hop's on the sideline. I think you're putting him in like not all the time. I, no? I think D Hop's better than Devonte. I think he has more upside than Devonte right now. You know, and I yeah. was, I will say real quick when we're talking about the Eagles. You know, a name I've been hearing around for wide receiver depth is uh, is Julio Jones. Uh, he's a free agent right now. I've heard a lot about adding him to put into the depth as like the fourth receiver. I feel like that'd be a really good option as a fourth wideout. You can probably yeah. get him on a bet minimum Deshaun. right now. Deshaun wants to come back too. He said if a team's going to make a playoff run and they give him a call, he'll come back for a playoff run. Why not? Why not bring it home to Philly? Get himself. He was part of that dream team that never really was a dream. But you know what? He's like our he's like our fourth or fifth like best wide receiver yeah. all time. So. Yeah. But then at number one, and this is where I really, I really do think he's gonna go, is nope. Josh Allen. Nope. He, I, I mean, 
you add him and they're seeking a Super Bowl that to be honest, the Buffalo Buffalo deserves at least one Super Bowl. You know no, what I mean? No, let them <laughs> suffer. No, no. But I mean that that's his wish list. And I was really surprised that Patty Mahomes wouldn't have been number one. I mean, I feel like everybody wants to play for him, but you're looking at Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts going into what this is his fourth year, I think he's going into. And the yeah. fact that he wants to play with him and he still isn't fully de- What's crazy is Jalen Hurts still isn't fully developed as a quarterback. He still is missing some things going in. So he won he sees the upside and he sees the gamer that he is. I don't think the Eagles are gonna get him, but I just wanted to talk about that. So I know you said that you think DeAndre Hopkins to the Bills is what's going to happen or probably, you know, the best fit. But when you go and look at the team, I mean, you already have Stephon Diggs and Gabriel Davis as your one and two wideouts. And those are, I mean, Diggs especially is a great one. Gabriel Davis, he's a pretty valid two. He's come on as of late. But, I mean, when you go and look at the roster and the Bills is specifically within the past couple of years, they're missing the run game. Their run game is the biggest key piece that they do not have. And I don't see them going in because they only have, I want to say, anywhere from 10 to 11 million in the cap space. DeAndre Hopkins, he's not going to come for that cheap. And on top of that, you're better off just trying to find a better running back to go out and get with that. You want to have somebody to add into the backfield. The passing game is not the problem. Josh Allen, every year, without a doubt, is a top three to five passer since he's come in. So that's not going to be the problem. You need to go out and figure out something else with a running back situation. I like Cook. He's not his brother, in my opinion. It's just not how it's going to be. So I think if you're if you're the Buffalo Bills, I'd be looking for a trade partner for a running back, in all honesty. Yeah, I'm just going to mention Cook's brother had a better education, too. So Because he went to FSU, <laughs> you're a meat rider. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know. I do like I do like the depth chart that they have now, though. They They have – Damian Harris and they have Latavius Murray as their two yeah. backups. I mean, they're mids, they're mids, but it's I mean Devin Signaltary and Cook were their number one and number two. They didn't use anyone else. So in their I think- prime, I mean, in their prime though, they were both pretty good running backs. Remember when Latavius Murray was, I believe, was what was it Raider? And they have he Hines. They have Hines. Don't forget about Hines. That dude is a is special Hines? team former specialist. former Colt. No Hines Ward. <laughs> Heinz Ward, man, the dirty Hines. dog himself over in Pittsburgh. I hated that guy. But so that's going to yeah. that, get us into uh, our college segment of the week. We're going to go through the Pac-12, our top seven teams in this division. Like always, let's start with Goldilocks Christian. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to come out and say it, guys, in all honesty, for Congrats. teams seven and six i don't have much for them at all because uh i just don't think much of the pack 12 at all to be honest with you i don't see much coming out of it so i don't really have much for it at all so uh at seven i have arizona uh i don't think they're gonna have an amazing showing i don't think they're gonna have an awful showing uh i think they'll be okay there and number six i have oregon state and all right, I was going to bring us into the top five. Again, I just don't – I don't care for the number seven and six. I really don't think this division is going to be amazingly crazy. But coming in now at number five, uh, I'm going to have UCLA. Uh, I think we see a pretty good showing over here from Chip Kelly and the boys. Uh, I don't think they have the players or the coaching staff to really be rated higher in this division. Uh, I think they have some talent, and I think they're going to be a fun team to watch under Chip Kelly with the offense. But I just don't see them succeeding at a majorly high level here maybe of of ranked 
bottom 20 team possibly but even at that that's still a that's still a big question mark i feel around that number four i'm gonna go with washington now with washington i feel like washington could be a higher i feel like 100 they could be in, in my opinion they could be arguably the number two team here on this power ranking but it all in my it all falls behind michael Penix jr and I love him. I think he is a, a baller. I loved watching him when he was over at Indiana. I, I mean, he's he's crazy. But the problem is, is we have to make sure he can stay healthy and on the field. What did I miss? What were we laughing at? I was just I just I shook my head no because he took Ohio yeah. State real close several yeah, years ago. Yeah, he did. Yeah, dude is a baller, man. Uh-huh. He is a. I baller. know he was, and he was dude. He was killing it. I mean, this yeah. was a guy who was in line to to be a Heisman at one point, you know, or at least a finalist. And again, I think. I think with him and the weapons that he has around him and the coaching staff he has around him at Washington, if he stays healthy, this team is going to be a lot higher than number four in this division. But again, because I don't know his health and availability, I have them sitting at number four as of now. Number three, I have Oregon. The Bo Nick saga continues. He looked good last year up until the injury. And I'm going to come out and say now I'm a huge Bo Nix fan. That being said, Auburn, that's the reason why. I know. I don't think Bo Nix is the answer. I don't think Bo Nix is going to be good. This team is good. This team is very set on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. More set on the defensive side than the offensive side. And I love Bo Nix, bro. I really do. I loved watching him back at Auburn. Mm -hmm. But I, I I can't trust him with this team. I really can't. And so in turn of that, because we all know quarterback is the biggest position in football, unless you're the 49ers. I have to put him at third. I have to put him and the Ducks at third. Do you think do you think a lot of it has to do with the fact of him coming off this injury? Is that why it's Yeah, I think that's a, that's another part too. Had he finished last year through his whole entire thing? That's yeah, yeah that's another way to look at it. But the injury as well. I mean, even yeah. at Auburn though, I feel like I couldn't he couldn't close out the big games. Dude, but they no. didn't they didn't really have a line at Auburn. Go ahead, David. I was going to say Bo Nix is awful. Uh, he is streakier than my underwear. I I, I just feel like that's he would streaky. he would go yeah he would go games where like he would yeah. be like fine and then he would have a next game where he's like oh he's going oh he's going zero touchdowns of four picks yeah. and then and he, yeah and what, what sucks is he was supposed to be like a top five quarterback in the league yeah. in NCAA and I feel like he just hasn't lived up to it and I, I think the injury what you said is going to play a factor in it but go yeah ahead. I mean and, and and it's all that that leads me to put Oregon at three this team outside of Knicks is very talented offensively mm-hmm. and defensively but. Like we all say, you know, QB is, is that big of a role. Coming in at number two, right now I have Utah. Now, Ooh. I could put Utah at number one. And the specific reason I'm looking at on why I could put Utah at number one is their coach, Kyle Whittingham. Most winning is all-time QB in the Pac-12. He had, He's the longest tenure coach with inside the Pac-12. He's got the most wins in school history. I mean, this guy's a dog. He knows what he's doing. He's been around the block. I mean, USC, or not you, I'm sorry, wow. Utah is a good team. And, I mean, you go even look at it last year in the Pac-12 championship, right, against a team like USC. They were completely outcoached. That was the biggest thing. You have Caleb Williams, who's the Heisman winner over there, and you're just outcoached, outmatched like it's nothing. And, and you're really not that outmatched. You were just outcoached all game to go ahead and lose by almost 20 points. And to me, that's that's like the biggest thing there. That's why I could put him at one, but I'm going to keep him at two here. I think we're going to see a lot 
out of the defense more than anything over here at Utah. I think they have a bunch of studs, and it's going to be a huge year for the defensive backs, led by Travis, Broughton, and Zermaya Vaughn. I'm telling you, those are two names to be big on. They've had humongous spring camps so far. I think they're going to continue to be very well, and they're going to be a top-two tandem in the country this year. Yep. And then now sitting at number one, for me, it's the easy pick. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going with USC and the reigning Heisman winner, Caleb Williams, at the number one spot. I think this offense is electric. I think we're going we're going to see USC on a revenge tour from last year. They know they have a very sick taste in that. Oh, my, my boy with the wings. This is pretty hot, bro. It was a number three. Pretty hot, bro. From losing that Pac-12 championship to Utah, like I mentioned, but I mean, I think the biggest things that are going to come here for Utah is me their defense, or not defense. I'm sorry, USC is their defense. They just got Bear Alexander, a stud DT from Alabama, and on top of that, their DN Corey Foreman, I think, will be another big key to their success. He's looking to be poised for a very huge year. On side of that, Mario Williams is going to be a very solid receiver for them, as well as Zakaya Branch. I think those will be two guys that play very well, and it's going to help out the passing offense a lot. Caleb Williams is going to go bananas with these two. I believe he'll throw over 4,000, and I believe he'll toss over 35 TDs. That's solid. Yeah, I'm a big Caleb Williams guy. That's that's pretty solid. I like it. For sure. Dude, he's struggling over there. Um, but I'll as he's struggling, I'll talk about the Pac-12. I think, I think this conference is interesting because I feel like I feel like they have a lot of good talent there. I feel like they're not as bad as you make it. You're making them out to sound uh, to be bad. Um, I just they haven't had much success when it comes to college football playoff wise. Um, they just seem kind of fizzle out, kind of like the uh, the Big Twelve kind of does. Um, not to mention that their two most prestigious universities. USC and UCLA are leaving for the Big Ten in the upcoming years. So that's going to be very interesting as well. Um, but to start off my list, I'll go number seven, have Washington State. Um, now, Washington State is working with their third set of coordinators in three years, which obviously that's not good. Yeah, you need some stability over there, especially for those kids. Um, I've, I just feel like it's not good gelling a team like that. And what ends up happening is they had a good year last year, but I mean, they've, they're pretty mediocre within the Pac-12. They reached the ball in each of their last seven seasons, which is interesting. It's pretty good. Um, but I will be interested to see how their new offensive coordinator does, Ben Arbuckle from Western Kentucky. He had a pretty top-ranked offense up there in Western Kentucky. Um, if you ever looked at the Western Kentucky mascot, absolutely horror-fueled. Absolute nightmare. So if you ever want to look up a really scary mascot, Western Kentucky. Um, number six, I have Oregon State. Um, they're a team that's been getting better in years to come. Um, but how good are they going to be within this rising conference? You know, uh, last year they went 10 and three. That's their third time in their history that they had 10 or more games. And they ended it with a Vegas Bowl win. And Christian, who are they beat in that Vegas Bowl? You're going to be say it. They beat the Florida Gators. That's the Florida Gators. I don't want to hear Anthony Richardson, the top, the third overall pick, wasn't playing the best. Yeah, team. yeah, you're, th- you're, you're, yeah, your best quarterback and your second string was in trouble for child porn. Let's not forget that. Um, but they were, uh, they were <laughs> destroyed, thirty to three. And what did the Gators do? They get that three points. Oh yeah, that's right. They were down by thirty points and to keep their lead, 
their uh, NCAA leading scoring streak alive, they decided to kick a field goal with 30 seconds, 37 seconds left. We'll hit the player, hit the game. We, you know, we do. We had a game. They didn't even play. Um, uh, hey, you want to say Napier more like Rapier, bro? <laughs> Here's the interesting thing, though. Like I'm saying, this conference isn't that bad. They were fifth in the conference last year, and they finished ten and three. So that's not. I mean, that's a pretty solid conference right there. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess they play each other. But at five, I have UCLA. The big question is who's going to replace Thompson uh, Robinson for UCLA? Um, Philadelphia Eagles' favorite coach Chip Kelly is trying to replace his quarterback. Um, they got Colin Schley from Kent State, um, but they also got five-star Dante Moore as well. Um, he flipped from Oregon to UCLA last year and could be somebody to look for. So maybe the offense does do well. He In the All-American Bowl, he had four touchdowns and won the MVP. So it's going to be interesting. Will Chip Kelly let him sit a year, redshirt him, learn the system, or will he start right away? I think that's going to be the big thing there. Um, next, I have the Utes of Utah. The big thing is, can Utah get over the hump? They Where, have, where, do, you, where do you have Utah sitting? I'm sorry, is that three? Four, fourth. I have them at four. Um, the big thing is, can they get over the hump? Uh, I think that's what they need to do. They're coming off a of back-to-back championship wins for their conference, which is good, but they haven't had a full season in either one of those. Um, they have good talent, but I feel like they don't have great talent to get that over that get that over the edge. Now, rising returns this season. However, they lose Dalton Kincaid, who is a tight end, but also their leading receiver last year. They also have to replace Clark Phillips on their defense. Um, I think a a person to look out for next year is going to be Emory Simmons, who transferred from IU. I think he can make a good impact there. Um, After that's going to be Washington. I have them at three. Is Washington a team to look out for for the college football playoffs? I think it's possible. Um, they got to keep Michael Penix, who I think is an absolute stud. I saw him at IU playing Ohio State. Very scared of him. And they had the seventh-ranked offense in the nation, which is good for Kellen DeBar's first season there. Um, they need a good back to pair with that arm talent, I feel. They don't have Wayne Talapapa anymore. He's gone. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, but he's gone. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the snaps there. Now, I know right now they're having a running back battle. But I think you can look at Dylan Johnson, who transferred in from Mississippi State. He can go out there and get the job done, I feel. At number two, I have Oregon. Um, yes, I know I just was on the Bo Nix hate train. Yeah, Still really. am. Still am. However, that team is amazing. And yeah. here's the thing. This is Dan Lenning's team now. Now, no one really talks about it, but it's really hard to be a new coach in college football sometimes because you're getting over the seniors from the last people's team. Like Their schemes don't fit. For example, I'm going to use FSU as an example. I was there through three different coaches. I had Jimbo Fisher to start off, and we got Taggart's team. Taggart wanted to run that fi- the fast-paced team, but Jimbo's team nor Mike Novell's team was that kind of team. Hey, so David, to- how, uh, how did it go before he went? To FSU, and they want to when you went to team. FSU, and then when you left FSU, yeah, what, that, what the were the year, rankings? Yeah, the year before they uh they beat the team up north in the Citrus Bowl. So I mean, um, and then I while mean, you were there, uh, I listen. Let's not let's not say this is my fault. Okay. Um, well, no, I want to hear what happened fingers. while you were there. Yeah, let's point fingers. Come on, what happened? Yeah, no, I, uh, I was the reason why. You should have put me in, coach. Reason why what? Reason well, why I want to hear what happened while you were there. They were they were bad. Okay, I, but we we won a bowl my fr- we won a bowl my freshman year. We beat we beat a uh, Missouri State. A bowl. We're redshirted. A bowl you were redshirted. Southern Missouri. Hold on. What happened? What happened as soon as you graduated? 
They had a winning season. They had a winning season, and they were what ranked fifteenth at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won the Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> Love some cheeses. Uh, so, aside from my poor uh, footballing at FSU when I went there, um, the it's Lenning's team now, and he's he owns the guys there. And I wouldn't say owns the guys; that sounds bad. Um, but it's them. it's impressive to say that after he did go ten and three last year. I think defense is going to be the key here. Will the Ducks have the firepower on offense to keep up with the likes of USC and even possibly Washington? With Bo Nick's arm, that's going to be the only question for me. And I think, I mean, I think they may just have the edge here, edging a bit. But at number one, we have the obvious uh, of USC. And they're just extremely talented. Um, again, it's going to be very interesting when they end up moving to the Big Ten in a couple of years. But the big thing is, like, last year is going to be defense. Their defense was mm-hmm. awful last year. Um, that's the thing that let them down. Now, Lincoln Riley kept Grinchin as D coordinator, so I guess he does have some faith in him. Um, they added Anthony Lucas and Kyan Bards in the transfer portal. And then Caleb Williams, again, is back to lead that powerhouse offense. And I say, here's my hot take. He will. I guess it's not really that much of a hot take, but he will be the second person to win the Heisman multiple times with Archie Griffin, I feel. Um, now I think I'd watch out for Dorian Singer this year. Uh, Caleb Williams needs a new target. Um, they, they lost their biggest one through the draft and he transferred from Arizona after a thousand yard season last year. So that's pretty solid. Um, I'm going to go with my honorable mention right now. Now there's a big team, a big elephant in the room, a big Buffalo in the room, I guess you could say that we're missing the pac 12 and that's Colorado. Um, now Colorado is obviously had a huge culture change. They got Dion there. who's a coach. What does he bring to the table? Will his fame bring in the talent they need to switch that team over? Um, how will his Jackson State players that he brought over do? I'm just curious to see how Travis Hunter will do. I have a little saltiness for Travis Hunter. He was the number one recruit in the nation. He was committed to Florida State, switched over to Jackson State last seconds, um, last uh, two years ago, last year. Um, I mean, he's one of the many people who followed Dion from Jackson State. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Now, a lot of people, for some reason, think they'll have immediate success. Um, I've seen a lot of people saying they're going to go 6-6. Six and six, They're going to make a bowl next year. But I don't think so. I don't think Dion is ready nor capable of being a coach to have that happen. Now, his only coaching experience has been in high school and at the HBCU level, which I know there's a lot of good talents at the HBCU. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, for someone, I just think that's not as talented and he was able to get the recruits from his name alone. That's not going to fly when you're having to play against the USC's, the Ohio State's, the Alabama's, the Georgia's of the world. Um, I see them only winning three to four games next year. They, they they play Nebraska, who's now coached by rule. So we'll have to see how he does. Colorado State, and I think they could possibly win against Stanford or Arizona State. But if you look at their schedule, they play TCU, they play Oregon, USC, Arizona State, UCLA, Oregon State, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. So if you look at that, who are you going to tell me they're going to win six of those games? I don't see them winning six of those games. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Colorado does, especially when a USC and UCLA do end up leaving to the Pac-12. Um, but for right now, I just think they're maybe a little overhyped. Oh, my gosh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Colorado's in the Pac-12? Yes. As in, as in the Deion Sanders-led Colorado. The prime yep. time himself, yes. So Dude, me, oh my gosh. Me, my whole rankings were no, wrong. Just, no, it's out, no, it's out the window. Deion Sanders in the in Colorado, number one. You hear me? Okay. College football playoffs first year, That's baby. That's a little rough. David, like like you, you had uh I had an honorable mention. I'll save it for last, but it my top seven. I gotta start with Arizona State. 
I mean, they got the transfer, uh, Drew Pine. I, I like him. Um, I think he's going to get the start there from Notre Dame, you know, transfer from Notre Dame. I also like Xavier Guillory. Um, I think he's going to have a good season over there. I think that offense is going to look really good to go along with Jordan Tyson, uh, wide receiver transfer from Colorado. Uh, and then, you know, not to mention, I don't know if he's going to start just yet, but they did get a four-star recruit in quarterback, uh, Jaden Rashada. Could he start at the end of the year? I don't know. I, I think Drew Pine it can throw the ball decent enough to, for them to, you know, go out there and, you know, play decent. But I don't know. Their defense, you know, may help them. I I, I don't know. Uh, they – with the – Safeties in Xavion Alford and uh, Shamard Simmons, I think they they help. Uh, but to go along with Clayton Smith and Deshaun Mallory on their D line, I think I think you're going to see a lot of picks there and a lot of hurry ups, and I think that's going to help them propel them uh, to win at least six games this year and finish at number seven. Um, then that's going to take me over to my next one. And that is UCLA. I have UCLA. Uh, yeah, I mean, the issue with UCLA, yes, they have that five-star recruit in Dante Moore. Love him. Great pick. The only issue is Chip Kelly, we've seen it, runs that defense rank like rampant. That, that defense is getting tired all the time. Yes, they're young. They might be able to hold up, but you still have to worry about it. And the reason I have him at, Seven and five. Uh, they got. I mean, they got wide receiver Kyle Ford. Uh, I mean that that's that's great pick from USC. Yeah, USC really didn't need them. They they, I think they got stronger over there. Uh, but what I, the the biggest one that I liked out of everything on their defense is their transfer safety Jordan Anderson. That's a he good one. from Bowling Green. He looked phenomenal. Yes, it's Bowling Green. They don't play like crazy teams, but he made himself into like a four-star player, which I think is going to help them tremendously on defense. Um, I mean, I just don't, I don't see them being able to hold them on defense with their fast paced offense. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to keep them going. Then I have Utah. I got Utah. At the five? I got Utah eight and four. Um, The issue is Cam Rising. The guy is coming off yet. Yeah, he's coming off an ACL injury. That's going to be the biggest question for them. I don't know. Their strength of schedule isn't the best. They got a lot of a lot of teams they have to play. And to be honest with you, I think they're going to lose first game against Florida. I, I don't – I think they're just – right, Of course. Of course. <laughs> I don't – yeah, I don't have any bias on that. Um, you know – I would like to see what Mikey Matthews does at a transfer wide receiver. Um, but like you said, Emery Simmons, that dude, that dude is a stud. He he's a beast. Um, other than that, I mean, they they really didn't do anything like absolutely crazy uh, recruiting wise that I liked or transfer wise that I liked. Um, but then I have Washington. Washington sitting over there. I love, love the pickup of Jabbar Muhammad. That is an absolute crazy pickup at corner. I think he's going to have a breakout year from Oklahoma State. Um, also, running back 
Dylan Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State. I think he's going to have a great year. Not to mention, they're going to have seven seniors starting on that defense. I think that brings a lot into the table. I think it's going to help all these young bucks get a little better. Um, but again, you have seven starters, uh, you know, seniors on defense starting, and that's just going to create havoc. Um, they added three four-star recruits to their secondary alone. That is huge to help with the secondary. Uh I look for Caleb Presley to end up winning the starting job over at corner this year. I think he is going to be an absolute stud and ball out. That is going to lead me to the next one. Oregon State going 10 and 2. What I like about them, yes, go ahead, say what you want. But no, adding, I, I, I like Oregon State. Yeah, adding DJ ukulele if that's how you say his name I <laughs> said it right DJ ukulele yeah whatever I think, I think he, it, it, adding that quarterback is going to propel this offense I think they're going to be great they added uh three people on their offensive line to really <laughs> to really go with them uh I like their freshman Damian Martinez I think he's going to be an absolute stud over there um you know, like I said, those three starters on the O-line, they all look great. They, they added Joshua Gray, Jake Levengood, and Talise Fuega. I think those three alone are going to give DJ the time that he needs to be a great quarterback. That's going to bring us to Oregon. I have Oregon going 10-2. and two. Uh, I mean, I like Bo Nix at the quarterback. Yeah, he has injury problems. I think he's I think he's got some issues over there. But they added Ajani Cornelius from the transfer portal to help Bo with protection on that line. I love Tez Johnson from Troy. Gives him a speedy option on the outside. Big body. Really going to help him out. Defense. They have this freshman starting. It's called his name is Mateo. Vagulele, if that's how you say his name. Just want to throw that out there. I guarantee you it's some sort of Hawaiian name. Uh, I think he starts on that defensive line, and I think he he does great over there. Uh, not to mention, they have nine defensive starters that are seniors on defense. I think the experience over there is really going to help them. And they have the eighth overall uh, recruiting. I mean, you can't argue with that. So... That's going to bring me to number one, USC. I think USC goes undefeated this year. Oh, I do. Um, Lincoln Riley knows how to make crazy good quarterbacks. We've seen it. Um, Caleb Williams, they added so much on that offense. I, I mean, I don't even know where to begin. Zachariah Branch, five-star recruit. Makai Lemon, five-star recruit. I mean, they to go along with Darian Singer. I mean, they added so much on this offense. They're just going to be a powerhouse offense. It's going to be hard to stop. If Caleb Williams can go out there and have the performance like he did last year, this is going to be the team to beat. They're definitely going to make into the college football playoffs. They might even go to the finals. And that's that's hard to do because you have SEC football, which is hard to beat. 
they they really beat you down on defense. But I like that. I like that offense. Not to mention on their defense, they added Anthony Lucas, transfer from AM, four-star recruit. Love him. Uh I think I think their defensive front is gonna be hard to handle. I mean, to go along with Bear Alexander from Georgia, it's hard, it's hard to beat. Uh also look for Jack Sullivan to have a breakout season. I think Jack Sullivan looks like an absolute beast. And I will I will say, this is hard for me. I wanted to take them, but I got Colorado going six and six. I think they really? do make it to a bowl. So the crazy thing that throws me off more than anything else with this team, Primetime himself came out there and said, I have a lot to fix here. If you don't want to play for me, I want you gone. You're going to play your heart out. And that's how he played his entire career. Primetime was an absolute beast. I mean, one of the best to ever play defense and special teams. Um, <laughs> 73 players either transferred out or quit playing in one year. 73 players. But I will say they were number one on the transfer per- portal. They added 40 people on the transfer portal. Oh, yeah. Was that the whole Jackson State team? <laughs> no, they honestly only got three Jackson State players. And that's going to get me into um, – I'll start with defense first. Why wouldn't you, as a defensive player, want to play with Deion Sanders? In, in all honesty. And they signed the best corner – or not yet, yeah, signed the best corner in the league in Cormani McLean. You can't argue that. That that guy is going to be a starter from day yeah, one. And they have Hunter there too. That's ex- exactly, you're helping my point here. Um, that defense, I mean, they have a lot of potential over there. But I will say, and like you said, they they didn't get to play the teams that they, they should have played. But, I mean, his son, Shador Sanders. I'm going to say Shador, what do you think of him? The dude had 40 touchdowns. He had a 70% completion percentage, 3,700 yards passing, and only six interceptions. And this is what I like about Deion. Deion Sanders does not mind setting players if they do not go out there and give 100%. And this is why people have been transferring out because they know he he's a hard ass like that. Um, I love, love Dylan Edwards coming in. I love that they added Tommy Brown from Alabama as their offensive tackle to help with protection. I mean, Alton McCasson running back from Houston. I mean, this team looks like they can be good, but I don't know if they're going to be enough this year. They're going to give a, a they're going to be a test for teams for sure. I just don't know if they're going to be enough. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Dion just brings players in. I mean, you add 40 transfers in one se- in one season. That's Unreal. I mean, you how, unreal. How long ago was it that Colorado was like a top ten team? I feel like it wasn't that long ago where they like finished the season like top ten, or people were even looking at them to possibly. It was, uh, I I, I want to say it was probably like four or five seasons ago that they went out there and they they actually were playing for a title. At, they're um, they're the play, I I think they're like really close to getting the college football playoff spot. That's why. Yeah, Nick, I would like to add to you real quick though, bud. Uh Actually, nine players from Jackson State have come on scholarship to Colorado, not three. 
All right, sorry. Well, those guys aren't. So that, hey, that's a that's a fourth that's a fourth transfer <laughs> list. Yeah, dude, that's a fourth in your transfer list. Yeah, but I mean, who's to say they don't have potential over there? They know what Dion. Oh, I'm not, bro. I'm not saying they don't. But Dion literally came out and said when he came over there, he said, "I'm coming here and I'm bringing my guys as well." So that's how. That's probably another reason half the guys jumped out of there because they knew that's... once they came over with Dion, dude. No, he's he not getting benched. Sure, dude's not getting benched. I mean, dude, come on. No, I mean it has nothing. It really has nothing to do with that. I just think the mentality he brought in there. He let them know that there's a lot that needs to be fixed. I mean, you go one in eleven. He needs to go in there and rebuild an entire program. And the but fact he's that he's shown, right? he's shown with the forty transfers alone that he's rebuilding the entire program is letting you know. Not to mention when you sign the number one corner in the league, you can't you can't argue it. I, I just think. I think they're going to be a decent team this year. I don't think they're going to be a top-notch team. But they'll get a bowl. They'll get a bowl for sure. Absolutely. All right, so I guess um, that will put us into our NHL playoffs. Uh, we're going to do our three-minute minor. However, I was very pleased to find out that our fellow boys here have done some actual hockey research, and I couldn't be more proud over here to dude, learn that. I did. Before you get into this, normally normally I, I drink during this, um, but I came prepared for Gone in 60 Seconds to do wings, so I'm going to go ahead and, and eat these wings while you go over it, David. All right, so let's start off with our NHL playoffs. The Golden Knights took care of business on Monday night and beat Dallas by a touchdown. They won 6-0. Um, I finally got a hockey prediction right. Now, I did say they win the series, um, but I've been pretty cold guessing my hockey takes recently. Um, the Golden Knights, although they have missed the most games lost to injury for goalies this season, it was a whopping 157-man games. They have made a solid performance with their carousel of goalies. Now, the Panthers also have a great defense coming into it, and they've had a great defense all postseason. We get to see another Miami-based team in the championship, and it looks like like its NBA counterparts, there will be the underdog. Um, the Vegas Knights are right now Vegas favorites at uh, minus 130 to win, which seems a little biased to me. I don't know what the Vegas people are doing out there. Um... But here's a fun fact. The Florida Panthers have never won a game in Las Vegas from the time that the Knights have been a team. Um, I do believe the Knights will win, which is crazy. Um, I think an expansion team being able to go to two cup finals in five years is absolutely amazing. I hope the Knights win, the Panthers win. Uh, it looks like Florida rules hockey again. Who knows? Nick's looking sloppy. Oh, that is not good. Christian, what you got? You did some research? Yeah, dude, I did a butt-ton of research, and uh, what I came to the conclusion of was Vegas Knights are winning the cup, baby. I didn't do no research. I know it all by <laughs> Vegas Knights are going. We got oh. it. We're going to the finals. <laughs> I had hope. I had so much hope. Well, you know, I don't know actually, I'm with you. Oh. I thought he did some research. I, I do want to let you know. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I'm struggling. Oh, he needs some milk. Milk. Come on, big boy. You got it. Let's see. Put a tampon in. Let's go. So, looking at this team, goal leaders for the Panthers that uh, I'm seeing here, Matthew Sachuk. Dude, you're sweating. Man, he's 
has nine goals. Sam Reinhart has seven goals. And Carter Van Harger has six goals. Goal leaders for the Knights, Carlson with 10. Jonathan Marchessault with nine. And Jack Eichel with six. Based off of this alone, they are outscoring for sure. I'm sorry, guys. I'm struggling so hard. Happens. So last series, Panthers led an average of 44 shots on goal. They still handle their own. They let up less goals. One game, they let up 65. Dude, if you wanted another reason to drink, you could have just came out and said that. Oh, it's so spicy. He's eating, what? He's eating wheat bread right now. Oh, it's so spicy. I know, I know. Like, oh, maybe this would be a good enough reason to drink. Oh, goodness, my water is so spicy. Yeah, look at you eating that nut. Oh, dude, he is absolutely dousing I mean, that goat. nut. We know he's the throat goat, so of course he can get to that nut. So the Knights have outscored no, 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 the no. Panthers. <laughs> the Knights have outscored the Panthers last series. And they've only averaged 29 shots on goal. And still are getting it done. What it's going to come down to, the Knights will take higher percentage shots on goal to make sure they can score. But Panthers goalie, in one game, there was 65, 65 shots on goal. And he only let two in. The guy, Sergei Bobrovitz, or sorry, Bobrovsky is an absolute stud in that goal, and they are favored in that goal. But I think this is going to be a good matchup. I think the Knights win it 4-2. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. That you was, doing good? Oh. You need, some, you need some ice? We yeah. just talk about hockey. No, ice is just going to make it worse. Let me just enjoy this ranch. Well, he ate some wings. And speaking of Nuggets, we'll go to the NBA playoffs next. We have the Heat, which I feel like Nick's feeling right now, who have finally got it done in Game 7. I guess the storybook series of Hemi Butler and the Miami Heat are going to continue. They demolished Boston in that final game, and they had us worried. I honestly thought the Celtics were going to make that comeback. Yeah. and so now Miami is now off to their sixth final appearance in 10 years. And you feel it feels weird considering, like, you know, we say like LeBron and Curry have been owning this, but like having six finals appearances in 10 years is insane. Now, granted, four of those were with Braun, they still have two without him. And that's still crazy to think about. Um, now, it's going to be interesting. How can the Heat win this series? And that's what's going to come. I feel like it's going to be the interesting part. I want the Heat to win. That's why I want to win so bad. Yeah. But their front court is going to be the issue. Or is it back court? Their guard guard play is going to be the issue there. Um, and now with Hero and Aladipo out, we saw Caleb Martin and Stresco hard in the Eastern Conference Finals. I feel like a lot of that is because although Boston was the more talented team, their talented players weren't defensive players. I feel yeah. like Brown and Tatum were defensive liabilities, whereas Butler is a pretty good all-around player there. Um, I just don't think they have the depth to beat the Nuggets. I mean, you're going to have to look. You're going to come down to Bam and Jokic. Can Bam hold Jokic? And I don't think Bam can do that. 
Now, will Bam may get some stuff done on the offensive side. Jokic isn't that great of a defender. Um, and then you're looking at Murray versus Butler there. And, I mean, you can try to keep Murray at, at bay as much as you can, but I think Jokic is going to have his. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't see them have the same impact with, with the better Denver defense like they did against Boston. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens to Jalen Brown in Boston. Will he come back? Uh, regardless, I think Denver takes the series in five. Um, Vegas seems to agree with the Nuggets being a negative 400 favorites and the Heat being a plus 300 underdog. However, I really hope Jimmy proves me wrong. I really do because I would love to see him win it. Love those. Love so, those odds. For me, um, I mean, yeah, the biggest the biggest thing we kind of roll back, like you said, David, is the matchups. Who's going to match up on who? Uh, I don't think Bam is the right matchup for Jokic. Uh I like Butler. You know, I think he's best player in the playoffs right now, but Murray got hot at the right time. So that's going to be another hard thing to figure out. And then the depth, like you touched on as well. I mean, it's just way better over there in Denver than it is in Miami. But I don't know, dude. I mean, right now the score is 29-20 at the end of the first quarter uh, of tonight's game. But I don't think – you might not see Miami get a win in these first two games. I think Denver continues their home streak. I think they're going to go ahead and win their first two at home. But I think they'll come back to Miami. I think once it comes back to Miami, I think Miami comes in and wins four straight. I think the series goes four to two. I think Miami comes out on top. Uh, really? I think you got to remember, Tyler Hero comes back game three. That's the game Hero's back for. After that, he's set to play every game after that. So he's coming back once they get into Miami. I think they go ahead and take those two in Miami. Now the momentum is back on your side. You bring Tyler Hero back. If Hero has a good game in one or two of those games, that's going to be even bigger. Now you're playing with all these guys who have already done their due justice, and now you have another guy who's coming in who's a key role player for you guys, who who's who's a legitimate three-point hitter. And so I feel like that's going to play huge. Now, again, you know, it. I mean, I don't, I don't think they get one in Denver. If they get one in Denver, it makes it that much better. But Denver's a good team right this very second. They are completely outmatched. But at the end of the day, I mean, dude, I mean, whoever wants them more is going to get them more, in my yeah. opinion. And Jimmy Butler is saying more than anything in I mean, the world. He doesn't care who's in his way. Christian, Christian's bringing the heat over there. Whew, I can feel it over here, man. I can, yep. taste, it. I can taste it in my mouth. Um, with Pause. this <laughs> with, <laughs> with this matchup, uh, in all honesty, it – I don't know if the Heat can match up to the Nuggets. Um, what it's going to come down to, like David said, is Adebayo going to be able to cover Jokic? And if Anthony Davis can't do it, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Now the Heat are going to have a chance with Jimmy Butler if he goes off. Now his defense is phenomenal. I would love to see him cover Jamal Murray. Um, I think that's a good spot for him to cover. And if they do, I mean, you have to hold Murray less than 20 points. If he starts to go off like he did last series, it's over. Um, and I really think if Lowry comes off the bench and produces, which is, I don't think he's going to do it, but if he does, you know, you're looking at a team that could go out there and surprise these nuggets. Now, the only thing is, is yeah, Based off a of last, um, based off a of last series, can you cover Jamal Murray? Yeah, or is he just going off? 
Now, I will say, in the Heat's favor, they had a week off. And I, I don't think that's a good thing for the Nuggets because yeah. you, I feel like competition play is such a huge thing to have in the playoffs. I think going into it, yeah, a break is nice to have, but then you're going to come out sluggish. And I, I feel like that might be the biggest issue. Now, the only thing is, who is covering Caldwell Pope and Michael Porter Jr.? I, I don't – Gordon. I don't <laughs> – yeah right Aaron Gordon I don't know if they're gonna be able to cover him I I just don't I don't see it happening and then we all know him Jokic there's no stopping him there's just in all honesty in my opinion as a Sixers fan the guy should be a three-time MVP I mean we didn't and B didn't deserve that I mean, Jokic, yes, okay, Embiid went out there and balled out. But Jokic always balls out. And it's like, oh, well, we're just used to seeing that. Okay, well, you're used to seeing greatness to go out there and average a triple-double every single game. You can't argue it, and you can't stop it. I don't I don't know if the Heat have enough. I think the Nuggets win it 4-2. Um, I, think the, I think the Heat get two, two wins just based off of what they're – coaching staff is and jimmy butler himself so can i say something to you real quick nick uh you just laughed at david for uh for the for who's going to cover aaron gordon aaron gordon actually leaves all scores right now in the game at the end of the first quarter with 12 points he has 12 already points yes and i should i'll go ahead and i'll read you all the stuff you know right what now. you know what let me let me tell you the reason well, why you is you're never not boxing out somebody Aaron Gordon lives off of getting rebounds and dunking them. Aaron Gordon should be a two-time dunk champion. Look, let me let me read you guys off the stats of the stars for both teams real quick. So far through the first quarter, Bam has eight points. Butler has seven. Caleb Martin has zero. Gabe Vincent has five. And Struess has zero. For the Nuggets, Jokic has four. Gordon has 12. Caldwell Pope has two. Porter has three. And Murray has eight. How many? How many of those are assisted by Jokic? Though Jokic has six assists. He already has six. <laughs> oh my god! The first see, quarter. <laughs> see what I'm saying? The dude's not, he's gonna have a triple double again. Absolutely. And again, uh, Denver is up currently right now, twenty nine to twenty one. So that's gonna get us into our Goldie's locks of the week. Mm. What do we got going on here, man? Oh my god, baby. Yeah, boys, we we've been struggling as of late. Now, don't get me wrong, I've had a couple of, you know, great locks the other night. Uh game 7 of the Miami game took Miami to win. God was a great lock. Won a little bit of my money there. Got cold the past couple of days here, but here we go. We're going to start back off strong here. First game I'm taking is we're going with a four-leg parlay tomorrow, boys, and it's all mm-hmm. baseball. Tomorrow like Friday or Saturday? Tomorrow like Friday, actually. Friday. All right. Game one, I'm taking the Phillies' money line at the Nationals. Now, I I get it. Phillies have been kind of streaky lately. It is June. It's feeling good. Schwarber's on the team. We're playing the Nationals. I think Schwarber goes out and hits a home run. I think Philly's going to win this game. Probably about six to two is where I'm seeing this fall about. I think Phillies on the money line. It's a minus 190 as of right now. So that's lock number one. Lock number two 
is going to be Miami on the money lines at home against the A's. Now, I feel like I shouldn't need to say really much more than that because uh, it said the A's. However, I will say a shout out to the A's, two out of three against the Braves. Love to see it. Yeah, yeah, love yeah, you to love see to see it. it. <laughs> yeah. I just took him in the wrong series, guys. Yeah. I also would like to say real quick on an extra parlay submitted off screen, I did take the A's money line when they won against the Braves. Now, on to the third leg of the day. Well, of the day tomorrow, I guess. Angels money line at the Astros. I think that is the upset game. Now, the Astros are favored in this game, but I like Angels. I like them on the money line. I like them as the underdog. I like the value you're getting there in the plus points. The Angels have been hot as of recent. The bats are going. They're above 500 for the first time at this point in the season, and God knows how long. You know what I mean? So I like them on the money line. Astros, yeah, they're a good team, but I think the A's are getting hot at the right time right now. And the last leg to the parlay is going to be the White Sox on the money line at home. They're a team that I picked against for a while. I was always going against the White Sox, but they're at home, and I like them. Every time I've always betted against them at home, they've always they've always beat me. They've always beat me. So I'm going to hop on the train this time. We're going White Sox on the money line. So, again, the four-leg parlay, the Goldie Locks. Hey, show well. me the money. Show me the <laughs> money. I will, I will say the fact that he said the White Sox are going to win after not picking them this entire time. They're going to lose this time, guys. I just want to throw that out there. He, they're going to lose this I time. I think he picked the White Sox to beat the Tigers last week. So, and I think, oddly enough, they play the Tigers this week. They do play the Tigers this week. Yeah. He just doesn't – he thinks that he has a 50-50 shot at this now, guys. I mean, <laughs> taking that 50. percentage. All right, so we're going to start off with our dubs and chugs MLB picks. Um, obviously, we picked nine games, three on Friday, three on Saturday, and three on Sunday, and then a tiebreaker just in case we get lucky enough to tie. Um, Nick has picked a very hard slate of games this week. A lot of them can go really either way. So it's going to be interesting to see how we do. Yeah, this this weekend's actually – there's a lot of great matchups going into this weekend. Um, and – the main reason why I picked a lot of hard matchups this week uh, is because I need more than two or I need someone to have less than me. So, you know, if, if it comes out to where one of you has less than two, I win. I, I just want to, I want to go out there and say that I, I win. Um, you win, but okay. Um, wait, you but can, wait, hold on. There has to be some sort of special punishment aside from it. If somebody gets zero. Yeah, if somebody gets every single one wrong. There has to be some Ooh, sort of punishment that goes with that, like you a double what? punishment. And I, I feel I, like I'd have to get kicked off of Goldie's locks if I went over. So I think I think <laughs> if you go over, I think if you go over, that's three shots. Three shots. A pop of pop off. Because you got to think that's one for each day. And that's then what? And that's a lot at once. So should we throw a fourth in there for fucking up the tiebreaker? No, no. I think zero for three is good. I think that. Yeah, David, come on now. David, just that's don't. A very, just, David, just pick. It's very one hard to do. Just take it, dude. Oh. You know I'm right. That's one that's for just, each day. Oh my gosh, David drinking on camera. We haven't seen that before. Uh oh. Am I right, Christian? You you agree with that? Two to one. Uh, yeah. Look, I can't. I, I look. I I'm not a shot guy at all whatsoever, but. I can come to agreement that if you can miss on all nine games and even miss and, and on the tiebreaker with that even being a two point thing right there, 
You miss on all nine, dude. You gotta have something. You know what I mean? I, well, yeah. I agree. I was the one who I was the one who said there should be a punishment if you yeah. if you go and That's do that. All right, but you know what? Should we should, look? Should we just move it down? So if David goes over, he does two. Nick, you and I will do three. No, fuck that. No, I'm not giving special credit to somebody. I was trying to save him. You know how he is. He's young. Here's, he doesn't need saving. Here's here. Okay, I want to know the odds though. If you were to guess every single game wrong, it's say every game's 50-50, right? Realistically, it's not 50-50, but say every game's 50-50, right? There is a zero point two percent chance. Exactly. And then I want to add into this too, since we're doing over. I want to go if someone guesses all nine games. They can choose someone to have to. Should we do yeah. three shots? Oh. No, I mean you win. You get all nine. That's that's hard to. I do. feel like it should be dealer's choice. If you you can pick the punishment within a reasonable measurement. If you were to somehow get all nine games, okay. plus the tiebreaker. If someone guesses all nine games, we're gonna give five dollars to a lucky follower down in the comments below. Yeah, buy yourself a four for four. Yes, sir. There we go. The I like bag. it. I agree with the offer a shot per day. So that's going to get us into it. Hopefully I do better. I picked harder games this week. Our first game, Brewers versus Reds. Christian, Reds are at home. Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. But honestly, give me the Reds. I like the Reds on this one at home. Yep, let's go Reds. Yes, sir. I so at the, at last week I said that my hot take of the week was the Reds are going to be in first place by the end of the week. The Brewers have dropped two this week. Um, the Reds have won two against the Red Sox. Now I guess they're, I think they're down two one right now. Um, but I'm going to keep going with it. The there are only two and a half games back now. Uh, I think the Reds are going to win this, and again by Monday be first place in the NL Central. I will. I will say. Um... If the Reds end up getting in first place by the end of this weekend, uh, for for David's sake, for getting it right, because I, I like when people get things right, I'll take a shot. I'll take a shot. It's gonna dude, suck, dude. but it's gonna no. I'll take a shot of the worst vodka that they sell in the stores. Can we just it's get alcoholic tatted on your forehead? Like, is that something? Uh, it's close enough. Fine, because but, because you accidentally breathed today, I guess we're gonna have to take a shot. It has nothing to do with that. I'm just saying I'm trying to, be, trying to be a good sport at this. Uh, but I have the Reds winning this game. That's gonna get us into a next game: the Cardinals versus Pirates. They're at home. They play good at home. So I think I like the Cardinals here, boys. Give me the Cardinals all day. I'm so confused. Yeah, this is an. This is a very evenly matched pitching game. Um, between two teams have been doing pretty shoddy in the month of May. Um, I also have the Cardinals winning this one. So I do want to say I'm I'm super confused, but Pirates are at home here. Right, so um, I was saying, yeah, they're he, at home. The Pirates are he's, at home. Like, he was doing home. an M. Night Shyamalan switcheroo on you, Oh, the switcheroo. Uh, you know what? Give me the Pirates. Mean, Needless to say, it's probably going to lose because you guys picked them and I suck. Uh, getting on. To hey, so I, I would like to say real quick. At this point, none of us can go over because we all pick different things. So continuing. I love it. Uh, last game on Friday is Cubs Padres. Padres are getting hot again. I think it's time. I come bring it back home. Give me the Padres. 
Yeah, so you have Waka who's pitching. He's five and one this year with a three point four five ERA um, for the Padres. The Cubs' Talon is zero and three with an eight point zero four ERA. So I'm going to go with the Padres on this one. Give me it again, Waka Flaka Flame. Give me those Padres. I you literally chose against him last time, by the way. I know. I wanted to throw that out there this time. I'm going for him. You gotta go with that. You gotta go with that flame, homie. Uh, going into our first game on Saturday, Rays versus Red Sox. This is tough. Uh, I'd like to sit here and say I like the Red Sox at home. But honestly, dude, uh, I I can't bring myself to pick against the Rays. The Rays are – I mean, I, they're one of the best teams in the ball. I, I got to go with the Rays. I mean, Christian, yeah. I mean, every game that you're looking at, they're all tough, to be honest. I mean, yeah, but this one's – this one's – you know what I mean? This one's really – it's just heating up, bro. I agree. I agree. I think it's hard to choose against the Rays, even though they are playing in Fenway. I'm going to pick the Rays to beat the Sox. And this is where I'm going to sit there and say I've gone against them since day one. I don't know why, and I think it's because we're going to the game in Tampa. Give me those Red Sox at home. Green Monster really the contrarian. Really, really gets them there. Going into our next game, Angels versus Astros. Do we have any idea who's throwing that game? I don't think they even they announced it. Uh, no, it's a Sand. I think Sandoval. Sandoval is the probable pitcher. Yeah, I think Sandoval. Not Otani. Yeah, I took I took the uh, Angels for tomorrow my in my payday parlay or I'm sorry my Goldie's locks, but I think for Saturday I think the Astros are gonna get that one at home against the Angels. Yeah, well, so the Angels have actually been super hot recently. Trout and Otani are raking. Ursula is coming out as a great batter this year. So Sandoval's had a pretty decent season. So I think the Angels actually shocked the Astros here. The only reason I picked this is uh, because Christian decided to pick. The Angels win on Friday. They're going to lose on Friday, but they're going to win on Saturday. Let me get those Angels with the hot bats taking a road win there. Last game on Saturday, Braves-Diamondbacks. If you lose two out of three to the A's, I don't want to pick you for the rest of the year. So go ahead and give me the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks have been hot recently. They've won seven of their last ten games. However, Spencer Strider is on the mound for the Braves in this game and arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now. So I have the Braves winning that game. Yeah, I hate to say it. Uh, love the D-backs, what they're doing over there. But after a absolute miserable defeat by the A's, I think the Braves get this done in Arizona. Leading into our last day, Sunday, Tigers versus White Sox. I really do like the Tigers here. I think they're shocking the world one day at a time, doing a lot more than anybody expected. However, at home, give me the White Sox. So it's going to come down to pitching. And for Detroit, Boyd's pitching. He has a six ERA this season. Um, So I think that Chicago is going to get it done. So I have the White Sox. I think opposite. I think that he finally has a decent, decent game. Gives up about four runs. Uh, I think the Tigers get it done in Chicago. Getting into another game, it's Mariners versus Rangers. A good one. Yeah, that is a really good one. It's at, at the Rangers there. Um, Honestly, I don't have 
a bunch of faith in the Mariners right now. For the last three days, I went and took the Yankees on the money line when playing at the Mariners. And for the past three days, I've won with the Yankees on the money line. I don't know what it is, man. I think Julio Rodrigo, man, he's a stud over there, dude. But I just feel like this Mariners team is not fully set to do anything just yet. And I feel like I'm seeing that more and more throughout the season. I'll take the Rangers at home. Yeah, it's going to be a great pitching battle. Ivaldi for Texas is 2.42 ERA. Uh, Miller for Seattle has about a 3 ERA. So it's going to come down to the bats. And if I had to go between the two teams with the bats, I'm going with the Rangers. So I had the Rangers winning that one. You know, I'm I'm starting to under, understand what you guys are doing here again. I, I can't pick the same as you guys every single time. <laughs> so I have to be the opposite guy over here. Give me Mariners. I think they get it done. Down. We have the tiebreaker for a reason, Nick. Oh, I don't care about the tiebreaker. I don't like picking the same team. So I'm going to take Mariners. I think they get a road win. Is that who you wanted to take? Oh, 100%. That's who I wanted to take regardless. Okay. Okay. Why are you missing? Our last game, and I think this is the best game going in to the week, is Yankees-Dodgers. Yeah. I think think this is a game where you could see – Upwards to twenty runs combined in total. Uh just a bunch of bunch of I really do. 20? 20, 20 total in combined. One game for in these game, two. Twenty total combined runs. Yes. As long as one of them has fifteen, I'm all for it, dude. That's my hot take of the week. Um You've come close. But yeah, <laughs> at the end of the day though, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Dodgers only really because they're at home. These are two teams. The Yankees, the Yankees are really heating up right now. And like I said, I've watched in the past three nights when I've taken them against the Mariners. They look really good. They've been heating up, but so are the Dodgers. The Dodgers are looking really good. They're heating up. I'm gonna take the Dodgers at home. Yeah, I'm I'm calling this the salary series. It's really the battle of the paychecks here. Um these are the two most money spending teams in all of baseball. The highest bandwagon fans come with it. Um, Bobby Miller is starting with the Dodgers, 1.64 ERA. However, he's only pitched about 11 innings, so how much does that really say anything? Um, for the uh, Yankees, they have Jermaine is pitching um, before ERA. Not too bad. L.A. is hot. The Yankees hot. They're playing in L.A. Will be a good game. I have on here the Dodgers. I'm going to switch that right now. I'm going to say the Yankees win that game. Oh, he switched it on the spot. The switcheroo. Let me let me give you a little insight here. If out of the three of us, if the Yankees had to pick a player to play for him, it'd be me solely on the fact that I can't grow a beard. Um, on that predicament, I would be a Yankees player. I only have a mustache. That's how we do it. Not so fast, though. Dodgers get it done in L.A. I think New York doesn't adjust to the time. Time difference, they're used to Frank Sinatra, New York, New York, but they're not used to L.A. I think they get it done. Are you having a stroke right now? What the hell are you having uh, yeah. a stroke? Yeah, the reason why I'm going to pick the Yankees is because I have a mustache <laughs> and also Frank Sinatra, old blue eyes right there, New York, New York. And not so fast, I picked the Dodgers. So that's going to get us into our tiebreaker game, and I think it's actually a really tough one. Orioles versus Giants. Orioles five to three. Oh, that's very close to me. It's gonna be the battle of the oranges here. You love to see it. Um, both pitchers are having nearly identical seasons. Bats are having nearly identical seasons. Giants are at home, but I do have 
Baltimore winning five to four. Ooh, I think we're all pretty close here. I got really scared when you said that you were close to Christian. I have Orioles winning on the road six to three. I think yeah. they get it done on the road. And only the Giants have the pitching to be able to deal with that young bat, young bats that are sitting over in Baltimore. Hey, a little quick game update, real quick, guys. Halftime, Nuggets up 59-42. It's a close game. Are you being sarcastic? And uh just, just so you know, we'll run a little stat review here. Jokic, 10 assists, 10 points. Porter oh. Jr. 10 points. Murray, 18 points. Gordon, 14 points. Caldwell Pope. Two points, and for the Heat. How ma- oh, my fault. What's up, bud? How many rebounds does Jokic have right now? It's 10 and 10. Three. Three. Oh, well, he'll get there. He'll get there. He'll get that Ben Simmons triple-double. Yeah, Bam has, Bam has 16. Butler still has seven. Gabe Vincent has eight. Martin was zero as well still, and Struess was zero as well. Oh. So that's the biggest reason I think Miami Ooh. is not winning this – or not – as close in this game right now. Well, yeah, I'm. I just looked at the stats real quick. Uh, Stress is 0 for six from three. The whole team's four from seventeen from the three point line. Four that's that's what was holding them back the entire series with the Celtics. They they don't have Jimmy Butler is the only guy that's doing anything over there. Bam, I, think, oh. I told, but I, like I said, I said, Bam has Bam six, has to worry three. about Jokic. Yeah, well, I I mean, I mean so hey, let, we'll go back to the earlier on this episode when I said Bam would get his on offense because Jokic isn't a good defender. But um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Seventeen. Um, so I guess that gets us into our bet of the week. Ooh. Um, we all usually alternate between what we do our bets. Last week, Nick said that Butler can get thirty-seven or more. Did not happen. Um, Christian over three. Let's let's no no. We're technically we're two one for two. Christian technically got his correct. His no. Don't give him to it. No. I checked with you guys. Mm. And so with the bet of the week, we're gonna bring it back to the WNBA. I shout out my former schoolmate Jackie Young from the Las Vegas Aces in the last episode. She's averaging 23 points per game, leading the reigning WNBA champs Aces, who are still undefeated. Um, they play games on Friday and Sunday. My bet is they will win both games, remain undefeated, and Jackie scores for 20-plus in one game and 30-plus in the other. She has been great this season, 62% from the field and over 50% from three. Let's go, Jackie. I really hope she gets it done over there. That's a hard bet you just put out there. Yeah, that's even bet. worse. That's even that's even harder than the three thousand fans going to Oakland. That is an all an awesome bet. Love it. The Aces, like uh, I'm, the Aces are a really good WNBA team. I mean, they're the team to beat. They're the reigning champions. Um, and I'd like to see former teammates, not teammates. I didn't play girls basketball. I swear, a former classmates get it done. <laughs> I really, I really hope you ace this one, man. I really do. Aww, I got some, a couple aces up my sleeve. Ooh, love it. Right, that's gonna end it here for our uh, Thursday, Friday, whatever you want to call it podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Fallacies. David's on the mic spinning knowledge of flair. He breaks down the stats with a voice smooth like air. 
Christian's a funny guy, bringing laughter and joy. He got the jokes unlocked, no one can destroy. Nick the analyst, break down the X's and O's. He sees the game differently, like nobody knows. Together, unite, forming a podcast dream team. Making waves in the industry, fulfilling their schemes. Highlight taking pockets, we taking over the scene. We drop dubs and chugs within the sports dream. From a hot takes to deep dive, it's a winning regime. Come join the hype, we're not too slow.